Uh, If you will, take your Bible with me tonight and turn to the Gospel of John chapter 21. I am not going to preach a New Year's type message or anything like that. I, I, I preached one this morning in our church. I preached this morning a message that was entitled, Today is a Good Day to Repent. And uh, I preached about repentance and the, necess- the need and the, and the necessary of preaching repentance. And I'm very thankful because we had a 29-year-old man come and get saved this morning. And uh, he came to our church through our bus ministry. And that means a lot to me because I am a bus kid. Um, I was saved December the 23rd, 1979 as a 12-year-old boy through the bus ministry. I tell people all the time, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Now, I grew up in a home that had some Christian values, but it was not a Christian home. But there was a man and a woman who are in heaven now, John and Mary Myers, and they uh, were part of an independent Baptist church, and they took it upon themselves to work in the bus ministry. God had used them for that, and they came and picked me and my sister up uh, uh, for years and took us to church, and I'm very thankful for that because it's through the bus ministry that I got saved, and, and, uh, and, 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 and I have a, 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 a soft spot in my heart for bus ministries and for bus ministry kids, and this man came because we started picking up his daughter in the bus ministry, and he had come a few times, and uh, uh, he, he's, he's 29, but he had had an accident, and he had brain surgery uh, sometime uh, back in his life, and so he, he talks a little bit differently, but he has good comprehension and good understanding, and, and his social skills are a little off. He's come to church before, and a few times I might be preaching, and I might say something rhetorical from the pulpit or something, and he doesn't understand it's rhetorical, and he'll just answer out loud and whatever the answer is. And, I, and that doesn't bother me, but he'd been coming for a while, and I've been praying for him. His name's Stephen, his mom's name is Maddie, and his daughter's name is Avery, and I've been praying for them for probably about four or five months now since we've been picking her up, and he's come five or six times over, over a period of time, and finally today, uh, I preached that message, today is a good day to repent, and he came forward and trusted Christ as his Savior, and I, I'm telling you what, that's a good way to close out the year for me, and, and I'm thankful for that, and, and then uh, this afternoon, I preached in our afternoon service out of Matthew chapter 9 about uh, laboring in the Lord's harvest, and one of the songs that we sang just a few minutes ago reminded me of that, uh, how that it is our job to go out and, and, and to see, uh, 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 to see like Christ did, to look at people and, and let our hearts be moved with compassion like, like Jesus Christ was. You know, it's easy for us to look at the multitudes that are out there and be critical, uh, but it's our job that we ne- what we need to do is look at the multitudes and let our hearts be moved with compassion because they faint, they're falling out of the way, and they are as sheep as having no shepherd. And I got to preach about that this afternoon. But when Brother Allison called me, this text uh, uh, came straight to mind. I don't know why. It's, I believe it's just of the Lord. And, and whether it's for one person or for every person here tonight, I believe that this is what the Lord wants me to preach about tonight in John chapter 21. And I want to preach about Peter's threefold restoration. Peter's re, uh, threefold restoration. If you would, uh, stand with me, if you will, in honor of the Word of God. And we're going to read uh, just a few verses. And then I'd like to pray. And then we'll get into the message and hopefully uh, see exactly what the Lord has for us. 
but if you recall, the background of our text is that this is the Lord's third appearance to His disciples after His resurrection. And uh, lo and behold, in this chapter, Peter decides that uh, as they're waiting and, and uh, uh, waiting to see what the Lord's going to do or what He's going to have for them to do. Of course, the Lord has some business He has to take care of with Peter. Peter all of a sudden decides, and some of the disciples with him, I'm going to go fishing. Uh, I'm going to go fishing and there's others and they said, well, we're going to go with you. And they, they got on board the ship and they went out and they fished all night and caught nothing. And then uh, we pick up in, the, in, in our verses uh, in uh, verse number 9. Uh, the Bible says, As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Uh, and Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was the net not broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Let's pray together. Our dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, and ask you to bless the reading and the preaching of thy holy word. Lord, when I think about it, I realize that I, who am I that I should be standing here before this great number of people to preach thy word. But Lord, you've called me, you've chosen me, and I thank you for that. And I pray that I would be a vessel unto honor. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, that as I stand behind this holy desk this evening, uh, Lord, that you would uh, forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, fill me with thy spirit, so that I might be a vessel unto honor tonight, and just put me in the shadow of the cross, so that... Lord God, you might be heard. I pray that, uh, Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God would have great liberty to speak to people. And I pray that each person here would uh, pray even now at this moment, uh, Father, for you to give them ears to hear and hearts to receive that which you have for us tonight. And we pray, Heavenly Father God, that you would have your will and your way in each and every one of our lives. And Lord God, I pray if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they would be saved even tonight. Uh, because it's the day of salvation. And I pray for every believer tonight, dear Lord, that they would uh, receive that from Thee, O God, which You have for them. And that, Lord, the decisions that are made, Lord, would be to glorify and honor the precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior. We love You, we thank You, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. 
We come to the portion of the text where the Lord Jesus Christ is meeting with His disciples and He has brought uh, 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 bread and fish over a fire. They've been out fishing all night and I'll come back to that here in just a second. But now they have dined and fellowshiped and now it was time to take care of some business. And, and I was thinking about this. I think the very first song that we sang as a congregation tonight was Revive Us Again. And I got to thinking about that because the business of revival carries with it many parallels with Peter's restoration. And I, and I tell you this, whether it's the super conference or whether it's a Sunday morning service or a Wednesday service, uh, any time is a good time for revival to take place. And I think that's something that we need to be praying about in the day in which we live. We look around today and, and, and I believe that we're living in the last days. I'm sure you believe we're living in the last days. And one of the things the Lord Jesus Christ said about the last days, He said that the love of many would wax cold. And that's our responsibility to be sure that we do not allow that to happen. That we stay fervent and faithful in the work of God and keep ourselves in the love of God so that we, uh, that we don't wax cold. That our love doesn't wax cold in the day in which we're living. And I think this business of revival comes along with that. And, 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 and I think it's an important thing to consider tonight about just having personal revival and being sure that we are right with God. Now, it's believed by most that the Lord asked Peter three times, lovest thou me, uh, because of Peter's three denials of the Lord Jesus Christ the night of his trial. And I will say to you that that logic is sound. I believe that this is all part of the restoration that Peter needed to go through because Peter denied the Lord those three times and so this threefold restoration needed to take place. Not only that, Peter had denied the Lord publicly or in the presence of his other fellow disciples and fellow apostles and therefore the restoration needed to be amongst them as well. I believe this. I believe sin should be dealt with to the extent that, the extent that sin is known. We don't always have to confess our sins publicly, but we do have to confess them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We do have to come, and 1 John 1, 9 says that if we will confess our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we're going to have fellowship with God, if we're going to be right with the Lord, if we're going to have the right walk and the right talk and the right relationship, we must come and confess our sins to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if any man says that he has no sins, well, he's a liar. And it's something we need to keep short accounts with in our life. And, and I believe that the Lord uh, dealing with Peter's sin is not unlike how he oftentimes deals with us. I want you to see three things along the way as we look at this text. Number one, I want you to see the Lord's confrontation first and foremost. Sitting around the coal of fire, the Lord confronts Peter about the business at hand. And that was Peter's sin. I want you to notice when he gets there in verse 15, he says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas. I want to stop right there for a second because I think it should not be lost on us that the Lord addressed Peter by his given name, Simon. You say, why is that so important? Well, I want to associate it with something here in just a minute. But if you remember when the Lord first met Simon, he gave him the name Peter. In, first, I'm sorry, in the first chapter of John, in John 1.42, the Bible says, speaking about Andrew, it says, And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. 
When the Lord Jesus Christ met Peter, when Peter met the Lord Jesus Christ, if I could say it that way, and came, I believe, to know Him as His Savior, the Lord gave Simon a new identity and a new occupation. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Now, when we get saved today, we don't necessarily get a new name, but we do become a new creature in Jesus Christ. We get a new identity about us. Matter of fact, we get new life that's given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, I believe, is what Simon got that day. And the Lord said from this day forth, you will be called Peter. Well, I believe also when Peter made his great confession in Matthew chapter number 16, the Lord kind of uh, uh, reconfirmed his new identity. If you recall in Matthew chapter number 16, the Lord was speaking to his disciples and he said, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they went on and some said, well, some say that thou art uh, 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 John the Baptist. Some say that you are uh, Jeremiah. He was, I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ. They thought maybe he's Jeremiah because of his compassion that he felt. And, uh, and Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And some say, well, there are, thou art Elias who is to come. And, and they said all these different things. And he said, well, whom do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up and Peter's known for speaking up for the crowd, Right? And Peter spoke up and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon and Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, uh, but, uh, uh, but my Father which is in heaven. And I believe what the Lord is doing here in his approach, he puts his finger on the problem. Peter's denial was that of his old nature. He was bringing Peter back to a point and to a place where he could deal with the problem. And it was probably not lost on Peter that the Lord had called him in this moment, Simon. See, I associate that with this because all of our sin is associated with our old nature. Whether it be the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life, uh, <coughs> our old sin nature is, is where all of our trouble comes from. Amen? I mean, that's the root of our problem. We are, we are sinners by nature and sinners by choice. I was uh, just thinking about this, but when Adam transgressed in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says uh, that uh, uh, when he transgressed against the Word of God, uh, he knew at that point in time that he had become a sinner. And we are uh, uh, created in the likeness of Adam. And because Adam... Adam is a sinner uh, by nature. You and I are sinners by nature. And we're not only just sinners by nature, but we're sinners by choice. A lot of the decisions that we make are fed from the old, uh, uh, old nature. Our, our, uh, the appetites and the carnal desires that we have in our life uh, spring up in our life. Why? Because of the old nature that, uh, that we struggle with every day. Every single day. I think that's why the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. And if we don't die daily, if we don't crucify the flesh, and, and uh, the flesh will cause us problems, the old nature uh, will, will, will soon uh, stir up in us every, every trouble and every challenge that we face in life comes from that old nature. We're sinners by nature. We're sinners by choice. And I believe the, the Lord is trying to deal with Peter in this. And he approaches him and he saith unto him, Simon Peter, or Simon son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? We see the Lord's confrontation. He begins to uh, take an approach with Peter that needed to be taken to bring him to a point of restoration. We see, secondly, the Lord's conviction. The Lord's line of questioning was not only purposeful, but it was penetrating. 
He says here, he says, lovest thou me? You know, it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, it's easy to say I love the Lord, isn't it? Hello? But we don't, we don't prove to people, we don't, we don't demonstrate, I guess, or I should demonstrate the wrong word, but we don't have to, we, we, we can't prove to people that we love the Lord by just saying we love the Lord, but we, we demonstrate to people that we love the Lord by the way we live our life. By the way we yield ourselves to the will of God and, and present ourselves, whether uh, uh, through, our, through our separation and our sanctification that we, that, that we have in our life, we, we present ourselves to, the, uh, to people that way so that they might know that they love people. But here the Lord is asking Peter a very penetrating question. He said, lovest thou me? And three times the Lord will ask Peter this question. But each time I believe it probes just a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper just to get to the root of the problem. First he asked him, he said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Somebody said one time, do you think that Peter was asking, uh, or that the Lord was asking Peter uh, this, this question uh, to, to, to uh, foster a competitive spirit? No, I don't. But if you remember this, when Peter made the statement in Matthew chapter 26, I mean, he made the statement. He said, I'll, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but he said, I'll die with you. I'll go to prison for you. You know, Peter made all those rash statements, you know, saying, this is what I will do. He said, surely, Lord, you know, uh, when Jesus Christ said unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. And Peter answered and said unto them, uh, uh, he said, though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. But what did Peter do? Go back in your mind this evening. I think all of us know the, st- the story and the history that takes place But Peter followed afar off. Boy, there's a sermon in that right there. Think about the kind of trouble you can get into following Jesus afar off. But he followed afar off. And you remember when Peter was there, he was on the outside and the Lord Jesus Christ was on the inside. And I believe at one point the Bible says, and Peter went over and warmed his hands at the fire. And one of the little ladies came by and she said, well, aren't you one of them? Your, 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 your speech betrays you. And he denied. He said, no, I, I don't know him. He was confronted again. He said, no, I don't know him. And he was confronted again. And even the Bible says that he, he began to curse. And he said, I, know, I don't know him. And I'm paraphrasing that. Uh, but I thought it interesting. Somebody said one time I wrote it in my Bible because the Bible says as soon as they were coming uh, to land and saw the coal of fires there, this is where the Lord meant to meet Peter. And it isn't, inter- isn't it interesting that the will of God can be found exactly where you left it? He was warming his hands at a coal of fires when he denied the Lord Jesus Christ and what that led to. And then the Lord Jesus Christ brings him back to land and there's a coal of fires and he's fixing to deal with Peter so that Peter can deal with the sin that he's allowed to come into his life. The Lord's brought Peter's attention to the problem of the old nature. And and, and he says, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? When Peter spoke out at one point in time, he said, I will never be offended. Well, he said that not only to the Lord Jesus Christ, but he said it to all the other apostles, in front of all the other apostles. 
He said it to the whole crowd that was gathered there at that time. And, and, and when the Lord Jesus Christ was sharing with him and telling him, you know what, you're going to be offended. Uh, all of you are going to be offended be, of me because, uh, this night. I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. And Jesus said, Jesus said, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And, and, and other disciples were gathered around when Peter said that. And so I think it only right that the Lord asked Peter that first time and said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? I put it into this context. I don't think he was fostering a spirit of competition between the other apostles, but Peter needed to realize that he loved the Lord. He might have even said it to Peter. Peter went back, not only, not only his sin sprung up out of his old nature, but he went back to his old job. I go a fishing. The Lord said, no, from this day forward, when he got Peter and, and Peter was converted, he said, I will make you fishers of men. There's nothing wrong with fishing. I like fishing. And I think it's a great pastime. But it, wasn't no long, it was no longer to be Peter's job. He was to be fishers of men. And regardless of what our job or our occupation is, it's our responsibility too. As children of God, as Christians, we too are to be fishers of men. He said, lovest thou me more than these? The Lord was asking Peter more than these because of his presumptuous utterance that he had made in the presence of all the other disciples. And he asked this, I think, to prick Peter's conscience and memory. Now secondly, he goes on, look at what he says. He saith unto him again the second time, verse 16, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. I believe that the first time the Lord, was, uh, the Lord asked Peter this question was to get him to think about what he had said and what he had done. Now the Lord asked him a second time, and it goes a little deeper, I believe, uh, to think about what you have done and what you are doing now. Okay, Peter, I asked you the first time, lovest thou me more than these? I want you to think about what you've done, where you're supposed to be and, what, and where you're at the second time. He's trying to take and, and penetrate just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Peter, I want you to think about this. This is not, or Simon, I want you to think about this. This is not who you're supposed to be. This is not where you're supposed to be. And this is not supposed to be what you were doing. Will you think about this? Peter, Simon, lovest thou me? I believe that a genuine love for Christ will cause us not only to forsake the old nature... But it will cause us to have a great devotion and strive to do the will of God. And, and, and it's sad here because we see that in this chapter, Peter had already so soon returned to his old way of life. You know, I was thinking about the fact that sin is a slippery slope. Somebody once said, and I don't know who to give credit to, and you've probably heard it before, but the Bible, or somebody said this about sin. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And unrepentant sin will get a hold of you. 
And it will cause that old nature to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And that daily battle that we strive to have victory in will become a greater challenge day after day after day. There are people that used to sit in churches just like this who used to serve the Lord and live for the Lord some way or some, some manner and they let their guard down. And what happened to them? Uh, they're no longer in church. Why? Because they allowed the old nature to get control of them once again. And they go out and they end up living in sin and doing things that they didn't think they would ever do again and living a life that they thought they would ever, never live again. Why? Because they let their guard down and they didn't deal with, repent, uh, with, with, with uh, uh, sin in their life without repenting of it. I believe that when the Lord asked Peter the second time, it was though he was knocking on the heart of Peter's door. Peter lovest, Simon lovest thou me? I'm so used to calling him Peter, I keep going back to that. But it was Simon lovest thou me? He said, yeah, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee. And then verse 17, it says, He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now here's where I want to draw your attention to this. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? I mean, the, the second time the Lord asked, uh, uh, he began to go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And, and, but now the third time the Lord asked him again, and it seems to go just a little bit deeper. And, and yes, it is part of the threefold restoration that Peter needed to go through. But now uh, the Lord had gotten to the very heart of the issue. I want you to notice Peter's confession. Thirdly, he said, uh, Lord, thou knowest. It was, he was grieved because he said unto him, the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest knowest all things, uh, thou knowest that I love thee. I think it's very important that we don't miss that word grieved. That word grieved means to, be, to sorrowfully mourn, to feel pain in your heart. And I want to put it together this way. The Lord asked the first time, Simon, lovest thou me? To open his mind to get him to start thinking about what he had done. Simon, what'd you do? You said, and he didn't have to recall all this. All this came back to Peter's mind. But he, 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 he's basically saying, Peter, what'd you do? You said that, that, that though all men would forsake me, uh, you never would. But what did you do, Peter? And he, get him to, he had to get him to start thinking about that. And, and you know, the Bible uh, uh, places a great emphasis on how important it is for us to have the right kind of mindset. I think Paul said to the church at Philippi, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought himself not robbery to be equal with God, uh, uh, but, 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 but he, he made himself uh, uh, and dwelt amongst us and, and, and took on himself the form of his servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, the Mind talks, the Bible talks a lot about us having the right mind. Uh, Paul said to the church at Rome, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And how do we do that? Verse 2 says, by the renewing of our mind. I remember years ago, of course, it's, it's not as popular as it was years ago, and some of you closer to my age will understand this, but there, there used to be an old uh, poster that you would find in a lot of offices where people worked and they worked on computers. And there was an old saying or an old poster that I'd see a lot of times and it would just be reminding us. And it said, garbage in, 
garbage out. See, some of y'all know you're old as I am. That's, that's our mind. That's why we've got to challenge our young people to put, to put good things in their mind. And that's why we've got to discipline ourselves to put good things in our mind. You, you set before them stupid phones and, and do Facebook and TikTok and whatnot and all that, and it just floods your mind with all sorts of, uh, sorts of things that will not help you most of the time serve God or live for the Lord, and it's just garbage going in and garbage going in and garbage going in, and we've got to guard our mind. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ is just bringing Peter back to this point and place in his life and reminding him, look, you said that you would never, never, all men will forsake you, but I will not. Not, even though all men will. But then he asked him, he said, Lovest thou me? And the Lord asked him to open his mind. What have you done? How many of you that are parents ever had to have that same question to your children? You come home and, uh, or you, you go into their bedroom or something, they've created some kind of mess or they've destroyed something, and the first thing you say to them is, What have you done? Why do you ask them that? Because you want them to think about it. You know what they've done. They've made a mess of things. They've acted rashly or, 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 or uh, 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 without thinking in these things. And you're trying to get them to think about what they have done. And the Lord's just simply asking that same thing. The Lord asked the second time as if to say, where has it led you? Where has it led you? See, Peter, one time we were in the upper room together. And we were fellowshipping together. At one time, Peter, we were in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and I know that has its own issues in itself. But Peter, we, we were in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and you were praying. And I was praying. Well, you were supposed to be praying. And, and, and where, has, where has this led you? What has taken place? There was one time in your life, Peter, where I said that, that you will no longer be a fisherman, but you will be a fisher for men. And now this, this sin that has crept into your life, what have you done and where has it led you? Where you are now? You led some of the other disciples and you said, I'm going to go fishing. And not only were you out there fishing, but, uh, 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 but you were unsuccessful at it. And as a matter of fact, when he realized it was the Lord, he had to throw his fisher's coat on. Why? Because he was naked. See, that's what sin does in our lives. And the Lord tries to ask these questions to us. Ask us, what have you done and where has it led you? The Lord finally asks a third time as if to say, what are you going to do now? Simon, lovest thou me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Simon, lovest thou me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Finally grieved, grieved in his heart. Sorrowful and, 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 and understanding that it's, fine, it's penetrated. It's went, it's went from one level to the next. Now it's, now it's to the very heart of the matter. And Peter is grieved in his heart. And, and, and Peter also, he realizes, he says this in his confession. He says, Peter was grieved in his heart. He said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Peter confessed finally, Lord, you know everything. You know what Peter finally said? He said, you know, Lord, that I love you, and I can't hide anything from you. Let me ask you a question tonight. What are you trying to hide from God? 
See, we can play these games all night. Oh, I love the Lord. But is there something that the Lord is trying to get to? And He's just going a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper to get to the heart of the matter. See, you and I sometimes have to be taken through this same process. And by the way, I can show you from Peter's response and his answers, even in ours a lot of times. Sometimes to answer the first question is only to be remorseful. Simon, lovest thou me more than these? Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Well, what have you done? And we'll answer it. Well, you know, Lord, I probably said some things I shouldn't have said. But but Peter's only remorseful over it. Remorseful over sin is not the same as repentance. I won't say this the right way because I could say it the wrong way, but there's a lot of sorry people in our churches. Sorry as in remorseful. But they're still not dealing with sin in their life. Still not striving to keep their heart right with God or get their heart right with God and keep it right with God. And so just to answer the first question, do you love the Lord and and, and you deal with that, is only to be remorseful. To answer the second time like Peter did, to answer the second question is to be remorseful and regretful. Yeah, a lot of times we live with regret, I guess. uh, But to answer it the second time and not deal with it completely is only to be remorseful and regretful. Well, I sure am sorry for what I did, but are you changing your actions are you going to try to be sure that doesn't you don't allow that to happen again in your life are you doing everything you can to to, to not revert back to that old sinful nature that's drug you down this road and brought you to this place and I'm saying to you here to answer the third question is to be truly repentant the only way that we're really going to deal with sin is only when we get grieved over our sin that's when we will deal with it when we finally have that sorrow, sorrow of heart over what we've done where it's led us and what's happened to us And the Lord has to keep asking and asking and asking to get us to that point where we think about it and then we look at it and then we deal with it. I believe maybe when Peter was asked these questions, the first time he looked backward and considered what he'd done. The second time he looked upward and considered where he was And what he was doing. And the third time he finally began to look forward and consider what he needed to do. I don't know. But I feel like sometimes we sit in our churches and a lot of us sit in our churches and we say we love the Lord. But really when it gets right down to it, there's a lot of us not dealing with really what's at the root of the problem.
the Lord's final instruction to Peter and to you and I, He simply said, follow me. Follow me. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. And when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Peter had already confessed, you know what, Lord, I'll die for you. Well, the Lord's letting him know, yeah, one day you will die for me. It's not time for that right now, but one day you will become that martyr that I need you to be. But we've got to get some things squared away, and Peter was getting those squared away. Verse 19 says, This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Follow me. The Lord's final instruction to Peter and to you and to me is to follow Jesus. You said that night that you would follow me. But you didn't. But you can now. I went to the cross one day, Peter. I went to the cross and one day, Peter, you will too. But right now, follow me. Follow me. The Bible says in Galatians 5.24, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Romans 6.6 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. My verse for 2023 has been Galatians 2.20. Say, preacher, you said you've pastored for a while, been saved for a while, but this year the Lord has done more to minister to me and teach me things from this verse than any other. And Paul said in Galatians 2.20, and many of you probably know it, but he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ, and the life I now live, but Christ liveth in me. I'm sorry, I misquoted that. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, Christ liveth with me. In the flesh, in the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Learning that the life that we now live is to be Christ living in us. Allowing Christ to not only work in us, but work through us. But what's hindering that? A lot of times we, like Peter, we've allowed something from our old sinful nature to take control of our life and get a hold of us. And what has it done? It's broken the fellowship that we once had with Christ. And the Lord has a process of dealing with us to help us come to the point and place where we're ready to say, all right, I'm ready to follow you. Wherever you lead me, I'll go. But we have to let the Lord deal with us. What have you done? Where has it brought you? And what are you going to do about it now? Peter, lovest thou me? Simon, lovest thou me? If you love me, follow me. Follow me. Are you following Christ this evening? Have you dealt with, or do you need to deal with, something that's buried, something that's hidden, something that's got a hold of you tonight? End this year and start the new year with 
the right kind of fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it won't just be lip service. Lord, you know I love you, but it'll be life service. And Lord, you know I love you. Will you let the Lord deal with you tonight, if need be, the way He dealt with Peter? Will you let Him put His finger on that one issue that, that you know is hindering your spiritual growth and, and your spiritual progress and, and your fellowship with the Lord? Will you let the Lord just come and, and ask you the questions? Not Maybe He's been asking you already. Will you come and just let the Lord put His finger on it tonight and bring you to the place of restoration and fellowship? So that the life that we live, the life that you live, can be in complete fellowship with Christ bringing glory and honor and praise to His name. If the Lord was to ask you tonight these same questions, and He was to call you by name and say, Lovest thou me? Oh yeah, we could say, Oh yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. But if He asked you a second time, would you be able to say, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And if he asked you a third time, would you finally be grieved and finally do something about? What needs to be done? And say, yea, Lord, thou knowest all things. Lord knows. See, a lot of times we try to hide it. That third time he finally said, yea, Lord, thou knowest all things. Sitting there tonight, I want to remind you, the Lord knows. He knows all things. And you're not going to hide it from Him. Then just deal with it. Just deal with it. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. And let Him have His way in your heart. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to bless the message. And Lord... Bless the Word of God to our hearts and lives. And I pray that you, through the Holy Spirit of God, would be able to deal with people tonight. Lord, and people would be yielded and surrendered. And Lord, that they would let you have your perfect will and way in their heart tonight. And I know that there are some, Lord, in this church and other churches, and Lord... There are some tonight, Lord, that no doubt probably need to deal with things the way that you laid them out before Peter. And Lord, we need to, as a people, as Christians, we need to allow ourselves to be grieved with the sin in our life so that we'll do something about the sin in our life. A lot of times we don't even allow ourselves to get to the point where we're grieved over sin. But help us, I pray. Help our hearts to be tender and, and Lord, help our, our wills to be submissive so that we can deal with the things that need to be dealt with so that our fellowship with you could flourish and our lives could, and, and service for you could, could be fruitful and fervent. Help us, I pray. Be obedient to what you want us to do. And I pray that Christ will be glorified in it. And we'll give you thanks.